So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Um, welcome to 2022, everybody. We're, we're going to be chatting about if you uh, are an avid listener. You know, so we've been concentrating a lot on uh, PPC. Um, if you're in real estate, you know that the Facebook um, way isn't quite what it used to be. And a lot of you guys are frustrated by it. But in as a result of that, what we're seeing is a lot of people head over to Google, uh, YouTube ads, for example. So um, I think by now, if you're tuning into the show, you get the point on PPC and we don't want to beat that up anymore. But what we do want to do is how to optimize, because if you're going to start spending money, the number one question you have is about return on investment and with your return on investment with ads, money spent. And what we're going to talk about today is very specific. We're going to talk about how to optimize and measure your PPC campaigns and Google ad platform. And we brought on um, an expert. This guy's a software that does this shit for you guys. So maybe you just fucking go use that after the show if you're actually interested in this. But um, this guy's the one who built it. So I am getting into PPC myself. If you guys have seen me online, you know like exactly where I'm finding you guys and I'm retargeting the living daylights out of you. But I'll be honest, I don't 100% know what I'm doing. So uh, this is gonna be very educational for me too. And I'm gonna ask him questions just like I would as a customer as we go through this show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce um, the owner of Optimizer platform, Fred Valles. Fred, what's up, dude? Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who the hell you are, and then let's get into this thing. Yeah, who the hell am I? So uh, I've been doing PPC for a long time. I've been doing it since 1998. Started in my uh, dorm uh, room in Stanford. I was a uh, buying video cassettes from Blockbuster, if anyone remembers that company, and then <laughs> I needed a way to, uh, to sell them. And I uh, found this uh, platform called GoTo that was the original keyword advertising system. Um, didn't make a lot of money doing that, maybe just enough uh, little drinking money. But then later on, I went to Google, started at Google in 2002, and um, I found out that a lot of the big advertisers were these uh, mega affiliates, they called them. So I was like, wow, this whole uh, advertising thing, it does seem to work. It seems to provide good results. So let me see what I can do. And I became a big advertiser while I was working at Google. I was big enough. I had my own account rep inside the Google team. That was literally a guy sitting five desks away from me. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I've been fascinated with PPC and how to make money with it ever since. And uh, nowadays I make money with it, running a software company that helps other companies be more successful, save time and you know, produce better results. Love it. So um, let's get into it. And we know that I'm sure this is the first time you heard it, but um, a lot of people are looking for somewhere else to spend their money um, in regards to not on Facebook, uh, at least in the real estate community, especially with real estate agents. For whatever reason, real estate agents always seem like we're the last adopters um, to any new ad thing. But um, yeah, the PPC, you guys are hearing the talks about it. So let's get into it and uh, focus on um, we get what PPC is, right? We understand that it's people, it's intent based advertising. You're typing in keywords that people are looking for your shit. You know, just a matter of whether you're going to pop up or not. But you're right. The, the question is where I'm struggling right now, personally, as a, a potential customer of yours going through this is how do I optimize? What is a good um, cost per action and what should I aim for? And uh, where do you even start? So 
let's start with targeting, I guess, or wherever, wherever you take it from here, you know what you're talking exactly about. Where do you start, right? I mean, so like, listen, the biggest mistake that I see advertisers uh, have been making for the last 20, 30 years is they just get too general with keywords, right? So um, because Google gives you the ability to choose any keyword you damn well please, people are like, hey, let me advertise on something like Super Bowl or basketball or something that's popular, but then it has nothing to do with what the user is looking for. And there's this whole relevance penalty that you end up getting, right? So choose good keywords, uh, but, but also come to realize that there's so many people searching for the stuff that you sell that having a specific keyword is probably a better path to spending a reasonable amount of money on highly qualified prospects, as opposed to like, um, you know, blasting everyone with your ad and then like 99% of people don't even care what you're talking about, right? So choose good keywords. And nowadays, bid management, uh, which is sort of that next decision, how much am I gonna spend on it? What is a good cost per acquisition? Well, it's gotten much easier because Google does a lot of the bid management for you through bidding automation. Uh, in the past, you would have had to say, well, for this keyword, I want to bid $5, for this one, $10. And by the way, CPCs are really expensive. Uh, we see legal, the legal industry is the most expensive. So clicks go over $100 per click. So don't be shocked by that, right? Um, bring it back to what is my cost per acquisition goal. If I'm going to make $2,000 um, you know, on, on an acquisition, on a, on a sale, then how much can I afford to get that, yeah, maybe I can afford to spend $100 per click if you, five clicks lead to a sale, then it's $500 to get that sale and I make four times uh, you know, my investment back as profit, so I have a good ROI. So those are the initial places. And then and you were also talking, Mike, about you, know, you dump money into a certain place of PPC or you put it on YouTube or Facebook or wherever. So budget allocation is a really big question as well. And so one thing that software like ours will do is it'll literally show you within the Google ad engine, you have these campaigns running and this one is performing at maybe twice the cost per acquisition as this one. Um, and maybe there's ability to put more budget towards that. So why not put it towards the, uh, the better performing campaign, the one that has the lower cost per acquisition. Um, so th those are sort of the first steps that I would take. And um, yeah, I think that's important. You guys are gonna spend more money on um, Google, but that could be a good thing because you're not dealing with a bunch of tire kickers. Um, is what we're talking about here. And um, so let's go back to keywords though. I wanna go to, so you're saying to go more intent-based keywords. So, and are you doing long-tailed? So like, let's just say, um, cause this is a, a common place where people get confused with keyword research, um, myself included. And is it better, like what, how much of a number do you need to see as a result on keyword research to justify that it's worth something of targeting? Yeah, and that's a tricky question because you will get too deep into the detail where the numbers become so small that it's hard to drive any measurable volume that makes it worth your while. But, but then again, think about it this way, right? Like you can literally put in 10,000 key, long tail keywords that each get say 50 impressions per month. Well, that's still 50 highly qualified impressions multiplied by a thousand. And if some percentage of those click and buy, like that's what you want, right? So True. don't be scared of that. I think, again, like I said, the bigger risk is that you go too much after the super high volume uh, keywords. <clears throat> and, and guess what? You're going to be competing against some other people with a lot more experience. They may have deeper pockets, bigger budgets. They may have a better optimized landing page experience. So they're going to convert better. And then you quickly get into this game of like, <laughs> you just don't have the money to compete against them yet, right? So. Sure. 
if, if it was me, I'm always looking for what we call the torso. It's not the head, it's not the tail, but it's the torso. So you get like that sweet spot of volume, but enough volume that you can quickly start to iterate and learn from your experience. Um, because if you go too deep into the tail, then each of these individual keywords, you just end up waiting three, four months before you can make a decision. And that's painful too, right? Sure. Um, so go with the torso. Now, what that exact number of impressions is, that really depends on your industry, but you're going to run that through the key keyword tool and you're going to see kind of those ranges at the top and the low end, figure the stuff in the middle. That's probably your sweet spot. Makes sense. And um, then, yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. Sorry. So the, the, the only other thing I was going to add to that is um, keywords are really the original way of targeting in PPC, but nowadays there's a lot of audience things that you can do as well. And that really lets you narrow in on exactly who your prospect is, um, right? And, and so are you looking for a corporate buyer or a consumer buyer? Uh, there's a big difference in that, right? Depending on what kind of real estate you're into, um, they might look for the same things. I mean, they might look for apartments, but if you're a corporate buyer, well, then you're looking for a block of 100 apartments, right? A multifamily unit. Yep. If you're looking as an individual, then you might look for one apartment to rent. Um, and how do you distinguish between that? So that's where audiences can be really helpful. So Google has predefined audiences that you can pick from and layer on top of these keywords. Uh, but then like you were saying, Mike, and a great strategy that it sounds like you're already doing, but remarket the shit out of people, right? Once you know <laughs> what kind of audience somebody falls in, put them on that list and use that to beat your competition. Because now that the stuff that you've already invested in figuring out about your prospective customers, that's worth gold, right? That's the yeah. stuff that you layer on top of these uh, really expensive keywords so that you can afford to pay $20 for a click because you know it's the right click. It's it's someone who's a highly qualified prospect. Is it... Um... Yeah, when targeting too, when people first see it, I mean, the actual platform feels a little bit like Facebook um, and it's not too hard to figure out if you are familiar with the back end of Facebook. Mm -hmm. And when you get in there, um, there are, it really comes down to four different targeting options, but anyone who's been on the show has basically agreed that you should always be using keywords. Is that a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there was this whole thing about keywords being dead for a while, but now with all the privacy laws coming in, I think we do have to be very careful about over relying on audiences because that's becoming more and more difficult to do. Yep. And it's also putting a little bit too much reliance on what the engines uh, know, right? And it's putting you into a silo, the silo of just Facebook or the silo of just Google. Um, and so I think it's really important to take what they give you, but build your own first party data from that. And first party data simply means things that you know directly about your customer where you don't have to go to someone else to ask them, oh, does this person fit the corporate profile or the consumer profile? Is this person, uh, you know, where do they live? Okay, you usually have to go to a third party to ask that. But if you've asked them for their address, it becomes your first party data. Now you can use that to target, not just on the platform where you could have gone and asked that question, but you can target across all the platforms that you have access to. So it just puts the power more in your hands. So keywords, keywords. Um, let's get into uh, sort of second half of this. Um, when, you know, this is going to be very, for most people listening to the show, you're going to be doing something very, very hyper local. So you're not going to have a lot of um, impressions, but I'm guessing that you guys could pick your geography and target, but I'm not going to, I'm guessing that there's not going to be 
like super duper duper amounts of impressions for people or a lot of people searching for your keywords is what I mean. Um, so I've done this research, like you could look at buy house, there's gonna be a lot Then when you segment it down to like, you know, your market. So you probably you guys are gonna have to pick a lot of keywords, not just picking one or two, and you're gonna have to test them all and whatnot. How many keywords should someone actually start with? If I'm looking at a campaign and I'm going to look at and say my first time doing this, how many keywords does someone have to pick? How many is too many? Some people out there say five to 15 keywords is good per campaign. Some people say it doesn't matter. Um, and how do you even approach that? Yeah, so I'm actually the guy who came up with the five to 20, I think is generally out there. See, I couldn't have asked it to a better person. So here's what happened. <laughs> 20 years ago, people were asking me that question when I was working for Google and I was speaking at a bunch of conferences and I just made a slide that was like, yeah, probably keep it between five and 20. And now somehow that's like the thing everybody believes in. Um, but but the, the thing in PPC is every answer is it depends. So here again, it depends, right? The whole point of five to 15 or five to 20 or whatever you believe in is that once you go beyond 20 keywords in an ad group, chances are pretty good there's multiple themes starting to develop. And you could take those, say, 25, 30 keywords and split them into two groups that are more thematically related. What you're able to do by splitting it is write a more relevant ad text to each of the different themes. And by writing a better ad text, you're going to boost your quality score. And quality score is this whole complex topic that we could spend hours about. Really fundamentally, it's Google's way of saying how good is your ad at answering a user's question. And Google cares deeply about that, but they care about it so deeply because it's also what makes them money, right? They get paid when somebody clicks. They don't get paid when they show an ad. So when they're going to show your ad, they want to make sure it's got a pretty damn good chance of getting clicked on because that's how they're going to monetize it, right? And so that's what they reward in turn. Um, so that's kind of where that comes from. So it's totally fine. And I think you probably should have hundreds of keywords but split them up into ad groups somewhere between five to 20 each, thematically relevant. And then you also may put them in different campaigns. And the campaign is really what controls the budget and a lot of the geo-targeting, right? So if you operate in a single market, it's very possible you just have a single campaign. You put one budget towards that, that's fine. That campaign may have 100 ad groups, each of five to 20 keywords, highly relevant ads, that's fine. Now, one thing that has changed a little bit over the past probably five years is keyword match types, right? And so Google has gotten much better at taking your broad match keyword and, and, and modifying it into things that, that will show your ad to the right user. Um, and here's kind of how that works, right? So if somebody's looking for houses to buy, Google actually has a pretty good profile of who that user is, where do they live? demographically, how much income do they have? What other websites do they visit? Do they read Wall Street Journal or do they read USA Today, right? So they, they start segmenting based on that and they start to understand that, okay, well, this person who reads Wall Street Journal, probably more corporate. This person who lives in an affluent zip code probably has more money. Um, and so now the same search for the same keyword by houses, um, Google is going to show different ads to these different people. And, and they might also even start to, you know, say, well, this person actually typed in buy apartments or buy condos or buy vacation homes. And even though your keyword was buy homes, well, that's, that's close enough to the intent that was expressed. So we're still going to show the ad. And they've gotten much better at doing that. So you don't have to have 
quite as deep a keyword list as you used to, to still get pretty decent results. But it does rely on you then using the automated bidding from Google, because otherwise you're going to end up spending way too much money on low relevance keywords that they've broadened you out to. I makes sense. Makes. Yeah, no, it does. When you guys pick keywords, Google asks you, do you want it to be an exact match or broad match? And he's saying, choose broad match. Yeah, I'm saying it's safer nowadays to use broad match. And I know I'm going to get a lot of criticism for this. People love their exact match. So exact match is great, right? If you know your money keyword, keep sure. it on exact match, like control that tightly, uh, own that keyword. But when it comes to someone being newer in the space, right, and, and building out that initial keyword list, broad match is fantastic because you pick like, okay, buy homes. That's pretty obvious. And then Google is going to come back to you and say, and then you can look at your search term, the search terms report, and you can start to figure out what did people actually type in and what was the actual performance of those different queries. Um, and then you can say, oh, well, look, this is my money keyword, even though I didn't have it, but Google found it out for me. And then you make that an exact match keyword and you keep exploring potential new volume by having a good amount of broad match keywords as well. Makes sense. Let's get into copywriting. Um, talked about targeting, um, but this is going to be the other half of this formula here. If you don't have good copy on there, I imagine these ads aren't going to be as good. It's mm -hmm. also something you have to test beyond your keywords. So uh, what makes a good ad? Um, what kind of text do I need to go? I only have X amount of characters. Um, and how does that work? Exactly. So it's, it's back to the same thing. It's relevance, relevance, relevance. Um, the, the user on Google has a very specific intent. They don't want to they don't want gimmicks, right? They, they ask the question, they want a good answer. <clears throat> now, the question then becomes, how do you stand out from everyone else who has a good answer as well? So then it becomes about, well, what is the value proposition that you have? Uh, what is your call to action? Um, so a good ad generally has a strong branding component that will go in the title, right? Who are you? Why should I trust you? Um, what is it that makes you better than the rest? So that's your unique value proposition. And then what is it that I will be able to do once I click on this ad? That's your call to action. Uh, call to action is really funny because we have measured that if you tell the user what it is they should do when they come to your website, they will do that at a proportionally higher rate, right? So if you say uh, register for more information um, or call us to, to, to get a quote, people will actually go to that website and, and the human brain just works in a way like, okay, I'm a hunter, you've given me a mission, like I'm on that mission, I'm on your website, I'm looking for that thing to do, as opposed to being very vague and, and letting them kind of like, huh, interesting website, like what might I want to do on here, right? Tell them what to do. So just don't be gimmicky. I mean, like, don't try too hard, guys. Like, just tell them exactly what's gonna happen when they make that click. Click exactly. to register, um, click to speak to someone. Um, click to get your free, whatever your lead magnet may be. Um, let's go into the text. Um, how would we write? Let's do some like role playing, I guess. How would, how would I write? How would we write? Let's just take a typical, let's take a mortgage broker. Cause we have a lot of mortgage brokers here and a mortgage brokers targeting probably, uh, let's just say they're targeting FHA loans, which is going to be low income uh, or lower than income. Uh, maybe not the best credit scores. What would, and targeting someone who wants to buy a house, what would be a good headline for something like that? Yeah, and so, and so just to save it, like the financial industry, that's heavily regulated. So they, it's a little more tricky in terms of what you can say. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of headline, if you have any affiliation with a known institution, a brand name that people recognize, like there's nothing better than that, right? People want to know that they're Smart. not. Exactly. Yeah. They, they want to trust who they work with. That's number one. That's your headline. 
So it could be something like uh, um, Fannie Mae affiliated or um, official site of blah, 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 whoever you are. Um, that'd be number one. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, see, and most mortgage brokers would instantly think of like going to do something like uh, about them. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't think about making an association um, at all. Um, let's switch the script a little bit. Let's go into maybe your real estate investor um, looking for motivated sellers. Um, yeah, and so there you're usually more individuals. There's fewer big known companies. So, I mean, as a headline, it'd be something like uh, sell fast, uh, no contingencies, how many deals you've done. Um, right? And those motivated sellers, for them, it's often about speed of closing the deal, right? So I think I'd make that a big part of the draw. Uh, but again, now we're talking maybe more about the value proposition, which tends to be the middle portion of the ad. Now, if you don't have a strong brand or a strong affiliation, then that could become your headline, obviously, right? So uh, sure. cash offer in 48 hours, something like that. And that's typically what I see too on a lot of those. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense um, that they, um, it gets right to the point. I mean, um, makes a whole lot of sense. So let's break down the components of the ad. You have your headline, um, then you have like a little sub headline section underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else does anyone else need to know? Well, so the other big thing to know is that ads used to be very rigidly structured in terms of headlines and descriptions that you had to give. Now Google in its push towards automation has come up with this new ad format, which they call responsive search ads. And what you do is you give 15 headline variations or up to 15 and you give uh, four description lines. And the description lines are pretty long. The, the headlines are pretty short. But, but really what Google again is trying to do is if you get that generic query, like, um, you know, sell your house quick, that's your keyword. Well, what's the scenario? Is this someone who's like relatively affluent and just is moving for a job and that's why they want to sell quick? Or is it someone who's underwater and is about to face foreclosure and that's why they need to sell quick, right? Google tends to know these things. And so what they can do now is they can pick from these 15 headlines and four descriptions and construct the ad on the fly that's most likely to resonate with that particular individual. Um, And so it makes our jobs a little bit easier because we don't have to think about who could everyone be that's clicking on this. Google can do that work for us. And so, uh, but, but if you think again about these 15 headlines, brand association, like who are you and why are you to be trusted? value proposition, right? So uh, cash out fast, um, you know, next day delivery, uh, free shipping when you're talking about e-commerce, right? Like I have a harder time putting it in real estate terms sometimes. I'm actually yeah. a real investor myself, but haven't advertised, maybe I should. Um, <laughs> you can go right. back and tweak, you're gonna go back and op- optimize your ads right now. <laughs> I, I think I might after talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there's the call to action, right? So then have like two or three calls to action and experiment with that. And then eventually you'll see what works better and uh, go with that. That's a really good tip, guys. So like, let me just put that into, just add on a little bit further on that. Let's just say you're a um, real estate agent. Tell me if I got this right. You're a real estate agent and you're trying to target buyer leads. Well, why don't you write one to two headlines per type of buyer that you're trying to target? So that might be the move up buyer. Right, write a headline or two for them, then target the first time buyer, 
and then target and then write a headline for them because all those headlines are going to be different and they're going to resonate with different people. There isn't going to be a universal. So take your intended audience and then go back and write a headline for each type of person that you know would be your ideal candidate. Is that a fair way to? Um, yeah, exactly. So think about your audience and who might be the subgroups of that audience and then write to each of those specific types. Yeah, that's really uh, that's like a that was like a if you guys got anything out of the podcast, that's like a huge um, golden little nugget. Um, all right. So, um, when you run a new campaign, pick a bunch of keywords, um, how often I'm going to check it what once a week, how often, how's the optimization process work? This is like your, your thing, right? So yeah. let's talk, it's getting to the optimize and you write a good headline, you test all this stuff out. You guys have to come back and check these ads and make your tweaks. They're not going to like, and, and Google does have like this new automated optimize ad to it. I'd like you to chat on a little bit if you have any uh, input on that, but um, let's talk about optimization now. Yeah, so optimization really depends on how much data you get, right? So, but generally speaking, do check into your campaigns at least once a week if you have really high cost going through it more often than that. If you have a really low volume campaign, maybe once a month is okay, but, uh, but we can do things through the software like auditing, um, right? One risk that we see is as you continue adding new keywords and new ad groups, you forget that maybe you should have put in site link extensions. Site link extensions, these are ad extensions, by the way, right? So we talked about the ad and what you put in, but we haven't talked about the extensions, right? If you want to have people call you, put in a call extension. If you want people to go to specific parts of your website, if you're a, a mortgage broker, well, maybe have a different uh, landing page for commercial lending as opposed for uh, residential lending, et cetera. So those could be different site links to take people more directly to the portion of the site that's most relevant to them. So uh, so put those things in as well. Uh, so we can audit for that. Is all of that working? The audits will also include things like, are there certain ad groups that are just spending inordinately more than others? There might be something wrong with that, right? So that's, a, that's an optimization opportunity. We will look at queries. So based on your keywords, what search terms has Google actually shown your ad for? And are those, some of them really good? So let's add them as keywords or some of them might be really bad. So let's exclude them and make them negative keywords. We've done optimizations, Mike, where, um, you know, advertisers run on the display network, for example. Um, and this is an option. Some people leave it on and we will audit for that. So we'll tell you, hey, careful. You might not want to automatically do this, but if you did automatically do it, well, here's a placement, maybe a YouTube video where you spent $2,000 and nobody signed up. Uh, do you want to keep doing that? Probably not, right? So put a negative placement. We help you do those types of things. Um, but uh, yeah, optimization, there's so much you could do. And when does the optimization process stop? Never, <laughs> which is why it's good for my business, right? I mean, that's why we're in this space. But but honestly, yeah. listen, as long as you continue running ads on Google and as long as Google keeps evolving, how they determine relevancy and how broad match keywords will show for different search terms and bidding is always evolving. And, and listen, I mean, like obviously the last three years have been crazy, right? Um, but that's an external change. And even though that has nothing to do directly with PPC, like it's impacted everybody's business and it's impacted what people search for, how people behave. And so these are the reasons we need to continue to, uh, to optimize. Well put, well put. Um, any other um, final points, uh, anything coming out with the platform? Um, I was in there the other day and I noticed um, 
when you, the targeting options, there was a, and I don't know if this is a new thing and maybe some ad accounts have it, some don't. Um, I don't know yet if they're rolling it out, but I noticed, and cause it's not in all my ad accounts. I noticed it in one only, and I have three different ones and I'm not running heavy PPC ads by no means am I an expert. So don't take my advice, take this guy's advice. Um, what is that question? It, it's like, want me to automated optimizing? And they just do it all for you. There is no targeting. Like, we're going to figure out what you get for you. And you don't even create your ad. All you do is you create your copy. You skip the whole targeting part. What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, you might be talking about Performance Max, which is a new campaign type that runs across uh, six or seven channels within Google. So it's really nice because it gets you on the discovery campaigns. It gets you on video campaigns. Whereas what we tend to talk about with keywords is a search campaign. We also talk a lot about shopping campaigns. Right. So, but, but these are nice. If you're kind of a novice advertiser, you don't have too many opinions on how it should be done. This is a really easy way for you to get online and like Google figure it out for you. Uh, but, but even then, like there's concepts like, well, where should you allocate your budget? Like between Facebook and performance max on Google, we can tell you, we can look at that and shift your budget around based on what's working better. Um, the audience component that we talked about at the very beginning of the show that is relevant still to uh, to Performance Max. But I think the biggest shift in PPC that's happening right now is instead of managing all of these little details, like what keyword, what bid, what ad text, Google's starting to handle a lot more of that. But what we need to think about is how do we communicate to Google what we actually want to achieve? Um, and that's what you were saying, Mike, right? What, what is my cost per acquisition target? Well, that's a calculation for you to do. Like, what is a sale worth? Um, and if you tell Google correctly what a sale is worth to you and you communicate that properly, they can do a good job of getting you profitable sales. But too many advertisers, they say, oh, if somebody fills out my form on my page, that's a lead, that's a conversion, and that's where they stop. And that's wrong because now Google is going to say, well, I can get you a ton more of those. And now you get 100 leads through the form page. Mm. And then you call all of them up and nobody buys. And you're like, I just wasted all this money. But what you can do is you can say, well, okay, this is stage one of my conversion, but stage two is how many of these people actually do the eventual thing I want them to do, which is buy from me. If you communicate that back to Google, then Google has better information and they can actually use these performance max campaigns and automated bidding to get you what you actually wanted. And so I think the biggest problem in PPC today is that the advertiser doesn't tell Google what they really care about. And then Google goes and does the wrong thing for them because they thought they were doing what the That's advertiser wanted. And you're talking about creating the conversion values. Exactly. So the conversion values and the conversion actions. Yeah. So basically when you get in there, you got to tell, you can't just leave that blank. You got to tell Google um, how much um, a demo is worth as opposed to an opt-in exactly. um, and then figure out what those are because you're basically giving them your, your cards. Like you're, Hey, this is how much I'm going to pay for that. So like, Hey, if I'll pay this for that. They're like, trust me, I'm going to figure this shit out. I'll get that for you, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. how it works. And so, let, let's say the example of the uh, the mortgage broker, right? Yeah. So, the, that first lead form, that's usually that first step. Um, but then it takes really long for that person to get through the approval process and all the paperwork to be done. And the problem is sometimes this takes longer than the conversion cycle that Google allows you to report back on. So after 60 days or so, you may not be able to tell Google, oh, this original click actually became a customer of mine. So what you have to start doing now is you have to start using your own data and um, basically predicting 
okay, well, the, the person filled out this form and then we talk to them and I, I know where they live. I know how much money they make. So I can start to pre-qualify. It's basically the pre-qualification process is your input back into Google that says this person has a really good chance of actually closing the mortgage and becoming my customer. And you feed that back into Google, not after 60 days, but after three days, because maybe that's how, how quickly you got on the phone with them and figure this all out. Now, Google can instantly start to find you more people just like that with the same attributes. Um, and so that's going to help your pipeline stay full, but also with the right types of uh, customers who, who don't just fill out the form, but become customers of yours and pay you money. Very, very, very good tip. But um, let's just say I'm lazy and I don't want to do that. Does your software like solve all this shit for me? Well, so I'm going to really check it out yeah. <laughs> after this call. <laughs> So some of these things are pretty difficult to uh, to fully do, but uh, yes, we are working on doing much more of this automatically. A lot of the initial things like keyword optimization, bid optimization, budget optimization, all of that will handle. Uh, this whole new wave of value optimization, there's very few tools that do this, Yeah. Uh, but we are working on it. We have the first uh, couple of forays into it. You're going to see cool. much more to come from us. Very cool. Things are always changing, folks. Change with it. It's the beginning of 2022, and uh, this is the time that you make those changes and you think about what things you're going to do differently. If that's PPC, then commit to it and start figuring the shit out. If it's direct mail, then great. Commit to it and start figuring it out. If it's owning a niche, then great. Commit to it and start figuring it out. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone how they can find you guys and uh, any other final tips you want to go and we'll get this wrapped. Yeah, check out optimizer.com, O-P-T-M-Y-Z-R.com. Uh, we're actually launching a new light product, which is going to be free. So it's going to do a lot of this auditing work at no cost. Just hook up your uh, Google ads accounts and we'll tell you what's going on with them. Um, so that's brand new for us in 2022. Follow me at Silicon Valleys on Twitter. Um, and I'm sure we'll pop that in the show notes. Um, and then, yeah, I speak at a lot of conferences on PPC. So if you are as passionate about PPC as I am, uh, hit me up, say hello at a conference and, uh, and actually, I'm starting to go back to conferences, which I'm really excited yeah. about. CP yeah, me too. Again. It's been too long, man. It's been two years. Uh, like we used to do a lot of speaking events and people are starting to get out and see each other again. It's great. And you guys got to, um, it's so important to get out of that comfort zone, whether you're doing it at a conference or you're learning something new. Um, I know I get that a lot on the show from uh, comments from people, but um, yeah, you're exactly right. Check this guy's stuff out, man. This is a really good show. It's a lot of nuggets. You guys may want to rewind that and write some of the shit down. I have a little envelope over here full of notes i'm gonna actually implement and i'm gonna check out your software as well folks appreciate you guys listening uh, to another episode of the real estate marketing dude podcast if you guys need any help with your video content creation you know where to find us realestatemarketingdude.com we script edit and distribute your video content and we make the process really fucking easy so go ahead and give us a ring give us a shout look us up and i will follow you around until you finally schedule a demo with me because i'm telling you video works for everyone who implements it the only time it doesn't is when people don't like you but that's nothing we can help you with so appreciate you guys. Have a great day and uh, stay tuned for next week's podcast. Let's go 2022. Peace. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.